um, there's, it's just a really profound way of, of seeing that, like, of course it could all be happening in your head, but that doesn't mean it's not legitimate or not true or not real. You know, your perception is your perception, but it's also reality at the same time. And it's just a really interesting juxtaposition because I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be like, oh yeah, these things are going to like fly off the table and move on their own. He's like, no, (laughs) like you've got to put your own human kinetic energy in this. Like you are part of the magic. You are opening yourself up. You're part of the portal. So if you're, you know, overly skeptical or not so open or not, you know, willing to embrace the possibility of what could happen, then you're not going to get you know, the messages of somebody who comes in completely ready to just hear whatever there is to hear. This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers... To a witch in good time. So what are you drinking? I. What's in your cup? (laughs) In my cup is still my (laughs) all-in-one grapefruit margarita. Surprise, we're recording this on the same day. Because of the chaos that is 2020. Yes. And we just we just got to make things work. So sometimes you have to record a few episodes in a row to make sure that we are bringing the content to the people and exactly. keeping people happy, you know? So forgive us. There will not be a new recipe available for this particular episode, but it's going to be full of spooky, ghostly goodness. So hopefully that makes up for it. Yeah, because uh, someone, our, our little Cheyenne baby had her first se- seance. She did. She survived it. She was she was nervous and excited, and it worked out better than anyone could have imagined. But before we get into that, we are I'm going so to, do... to hear about it. Oh, it was great. It was truly. Um, so I am shuffling our tarot cards. We're gonna pull another card for this particular episode. Mm, that sound is just music to my ears. All right. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. All right. Are you ready? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Yes. That Shuffle it up. It. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're going to knock on it. Just really set our, set our intentions here. And we didn't have a jumper this time. So I'm just going to pull this guy. All right, our card this week is The Fool. And The Fool is actually one of my favorite cards. So I'm going to do the same thing to describe to you what it looks like. For those of you who aren't here, we are still using uh, the Smithwaite deck. Um, So it is a human person with blonde hair and a very pretty tunic and boots standing on the precipice of a cliff. There is a dog or a wolf-type critter familiar at their feet. They're holding a staff with a little knapsack on it, and there is a rose in their um, in their hand. The sun is bright and shining. They're definitely on the precipice, quite literally, and there are big mountains behind them as well. So the fool is, um, to me, I mean, the fool begins our our tarot deck, essentially our journey, right? Because um, you think of the tarot as it's it's a story unfolding, 
Um, and the fool is the beginning, you know, that inner spark, that inner child. Um, the fool is impulsive and adventurous. Um, it's all about kind of, you know, faith and freedom and really just kind of jumping in with no, um, with no reservations, but with no reservations, obviously comes some risk. So it's not a completely, you know, it's, it's a card. You still need to be paying attention to what these risks are and mitigating them. Um, but I think the fool's a great one for this episode as well. Um, not only are we still in the beginnings and precipice of this podcast, um, but, you know, I attended my first seance this week and that was kind of a big new adventure, new, new beginning pathway opening for me as well, which we can dive into in a little bit more detail shortly. But um, yeah, what, do you, what is the fool to you? Do you feel like it, it's an appropriate card for today? Oh my gosh, I can't think of a more appropriate card for today because that's really a reflection of your whole experience and how, you know, I mean, for anybody, a seance would be kind of a, a doozy, right? To think about being a part of, um, especially because even in pop culture, those are just always so terrifying, right? And well, the, and think about where stigma. we see examples of seance in pop culture. It's typically always in a horror setting. Exactly. Um, which but you is had a not usually how people are produced, you know, that's not how people are conducting them typically is not for thrills and scares. It's for connection, um, for divination, for, you know, greater purpose and greater meaning. So it's, um, it's definitely, I went in with no expectations and I'm very glad I did because it was absolutely nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. And- um, So maybe before we get started, we should talk a little bit about what seances are and kind of where they came from and maybe a little bit about the spiritualist movement. Yeah. Do you want to kind of talk about that and then talk about why? Um, Because you were supposed to attend this seance with me. Yeah. Originally. Um, Yeah. So we could could talk a little bit about that. So because in our last episode, we talked about how I have a, a, a day job that's very steeped in response right now um, and that we're dealing with wildfires across the West and we have a big one here in in my home County. And so a lot of my time is really dedicated to that and to helping out our community during a time of need. And uh, actually we we were kind of hoping to be able to have the fire be in a place where we could get together. Um, Turns out even if I could go that that wasn't the case, it flared up again this week. But also uh, my in-laws are coming in to town this week. And before I had bought the tickets, I kind of had forgotten about that because I just got really excited (laughs) about attending a seance. Um, It's something I've wanted to do forever. I've always been fascinated with the idea of connecting with those who have passed on. And um, matter of fact, we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm really into herbalism and I really want to start a online apothecary and the name of my herbalism business is the thinning of the veil. And that really comes from the concept of understanding our world and the next world, right? And that there's there's a veil that um, separates us and other side is where those who have passed on can continue to, I guess, do their ghostly things until they can come around again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what kind of got you like, do you remember a certain thing that sparked that interest for you? Or when did you kind of learn about that whole spiritualism side of things? That's a really good question. I don't know when I can really pinpoint 
my my obsession with this, but it's always just been a fascination to me. Like I'm really drawn to the very Victorian spiritualism aesthetic in general. But, you know, when I was younger, I really do remember having some experiences where I do feel like I connected with those who have passed on before me. And the first time I can really remember that was after my grandmother passed away of cancer. And she actually passed away in her house. Um, we were all there. Uh, we were able to be by her side when she passed, um, but she passed peacefully in her own home. And I remember I had a bedroom in the basement. We were actually semi-living there with my grandparents at the time just to help support my grandfather. And my yeah. mom was in the military and her um, home base, I guess you can call it, was in that that city in Montana. And so we were we were kind of staying there and, and uh, I had a basement bedroom and I remember it was really early in the morning and I was getting ready for school and I was in about third or fourth grade, maybe a little earlier than that. And as I was getting ready for school, I was pulling on my pants and I remember looking out into the hallway and just saw a foot, like a, a, a see-through kind of foot. And it looked like they were taking a step, almost like, you know, that was the whole, you know, apparition was there, but had faded away. And I was seeing the last of it. The as last I was kind little of bit. It. So I saw her foot and I saw like a dress that kind of draped over her foot as they took the step. And I saw the dress kind of wave with her movement and then it went away. And I remember just being so shocked by that. Um, but I really kept that experience to myself because I was like, oh no, you're, it's just early in the morning. I'm not a morning person anyway, never <laughs> have been, even from a wee tyke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that's really where I, I really started trying to understand what my experience was. And I've always been just really interested and connected to the, I guess, spooky type things like that and, and trying to understand what happens to us after we pass. Yeah, but I've always dreamed of of doing a séance and always wanted to, um, you know, have that experience. I'm a, I'm obsessed with mediums. I think that's just the coolest gift that anybody could ever have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just always been something I studied and looked into and was curious about. Well, we'll definitely make sure we go do one together. We will um, for sure. You know, very simply and at its basic core, séance is you know a, a space that you create to communicate with those who have passed on, typically aided by the help of a medium. Um, I did a group seance last night, quite literally. It was very recently. <laughs> and, you know, you can do, there are definitely different styles depending on, you know, who you're, who you're working with, what medium you're working with. And if you're in a group type setting, you know, we were encouraged to think of specific people, but, you know, acknowledge that the likelihood of everybody getting a specific message when you're in a large group setting is not quite as likely. So it's more of a, you know, a collective messages for the greater good kind of experience, um, which isn't to say that personal messages did not come through because they absolutely did. And we can go into detail there, but it's, you know, you're aided by a medium who may be aided by other tools, you know, Ouija boards, other divination tools, pendulums, automatic handwriting, there are lots of different ways you can tap in to the spiritual world and, and, you know, kind of open that veil, part that veil. And so, yeah, I think it's just a really, it's something that comes with a lot of interesting connotations as far as, you know, like we were saying, the horror movie context of, you know, people are summoning 
demons or evil spirits or anything. And that is absolutely not the experience I had and not the intention of what anybody was there to do. So I think it's just, um, there's, it's always human beings are fearful of death, right? That's a biological fact about just mammals existing, right? Right. <laughs> is your, your goal is to survive. So you know, having that, that logic and that human brain and that ability to, you know, want to connect and want to reach out is so natural. Um, and so it, it really is kind of a shame that we put such a weird taboo on things like death, because there is so, there's so much to be learned from people who are no longer walking with us, but are absolutely still walking with us. <laughs> well, and it's very interesting too, because it's, it's interesting that this has become such a dark, thing, right? Or such a scary thing for so many people. Because when you really look back at the roots of spiritualism, it was really started as a movement in which, you know, folks who were grieving really wanted to connect with those that they had lost. And it started back in 1848. Um, it actually came out of New York with the Fox sisters. And unfortunately, the Fox sisters are known now as having kind of made the whole thing up but spiritualism lives on to this day and there's even folks who still very much devoutly practice it but I think it's really cool and really beautiful to think about where it started because it was about you know people were questioning is this all there is and is there a way to hear from those who we've lost or is death really the end and you know even if you think about it scientifically speaking energy is never created nor destroyed so even yes. when we lose those we love their, their energy has to go somewhere, right? On, yes. on a scientific level. And so to think about the fact that there is a possibility that we could connect to those we've lost, I think is really beautiful. And for humans to kind of have that, that concept is really cool to me. Yeah, I agree for sure. It also reminds me just that, you know, and, and something that the, the medium who was assisting us last night was saying too, is, you know, of course you are involved in this. Of course you're a participant. Of course you're moving the planchette. Like your imagination filter is going to, you know, decipher these images and these messages. But the fact that we're all getting multiple messages that relay the same thing, or we're hearing the same words out of a spirit box, you know, there's, yes, of course your human brain is going to filter it and try to make sense and comprehend it. But when you recognize that you're all doing it, um, there's, it's just a really profound way of, of seeing that, like, of course it could all be happening in your head, but that doesn't mean it's not legitimate or not true or not real. You know, your perception is your perception, but it's also reality at the same time. And it's just a really interesting juxtaposition because I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be like, oh yeah, these things are going to like fly off the table and move on their own. He's like, no, <laughs> like you've got to put your own human kinetic energy in this, like you are part of the magic, you are opening yourself up, you're part of the portal. So if you're, you know, overly skeptical, or not so open, or not, you know, willing to embrace the possibility of what could happen, then you're not going to get, you know, the messages of somebody who comes in completely ready to just hear whatever there is to hear. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's also really funny to kind of think, you know, even those who have passed on, they were human energy. Right. And they, yes. they had a personality and they had a way and a view of the world. And so it's kind of funny to think that, um, especially in a group setting or, or, you know, I think whenever you go into an experience like that, 
you expect that something's going to happen. And we have this weird kind of expectation like, oh, grandpa so-and-so is definitely going to come through. But, you know, they might not want to on the other side. There might be something that prevents them from doing so. Or maybe in this life, they didn't believe in this kind of thing or didn't agree with it. Um, they could have had their own like religious perspective or something that they still might be holding on to energetically in the next plane that prevents them from coming through. So we can't just expect that just because we open the space that they're going to come through. There's still a human construct, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, it's, it's not a perfect system, like, and, and nothing is right. Like, so you have to go in. I think it's, it's more beneficial and you'll get different, um, you know, you'll get different messages or messages for a group collective that you maybe weren't expecting just by going in without, uh, without any agenda. You know, I had a close family member pass recently and I, um, I was doing some research before I went because I'm a giant nerd and also slightly terrified of everything still. So <laughs> I was, you know, like, what, do, what am I not supposed to do basically? Like, how do I no, make sure okay. that I'm just to interrupt you really quickly. You are following your own advice that we gave in last episode by saying, Hey, before we do these kinds of things again, you should do your research and know what to expect ahead of time. So really yes. you're making the right step there. <laughs> That's true. So I was doing some research and there were, you know, some varying, I was all over the internet and, and a lot of people were like, you know, it's, it's typically not advised to try to contact somebody who's very recently deceased because time doesn't, time isn't linear in the spiritual plane, right? Like right. things do not exist there the way they exist here. And if you try to contact someone, especially if you're just grieving and it's for that like selfish, I just need to feel better for me kind of reason, you can accidentally, you know, maybe you convince them that they're supposed to stick around or that they're not actually ready. And so there was, you know, there was somebody I was kind of keeping in mind. And then I read that and was like, okay, no, like, I'm not going to touch that. Wow, that's um, so interesting. Because I did not want to, I was like, I don't want any responsibility there of being the reason why you don't feel comfortable leaving, you know, um, and just, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of the people who are still here, the people who love you, the people who keep you alive in their hearts that does keep you from fully going immediately too, which is just a really interesting thing to think about um, because, you know, memory is, you are keeping people alive that way. Yeah. That's, in a sense. Um, that's so fascinating. So I went in and I, you know, I thought about some, I have some older grandparents who have, you know, passed quite a long time ago who I was like, I would be open to receiving messages from them, but I wasn't, I wasn't really going in with a specific person in mind. Um, and the person who, you know, showed up with messages for me was not who I thought would show up in that type of circumstance. And she wasn't there for long. And it was, I think, I think it happened because I was, I was just open to whatever the night brought. Right. And I think that's the important thing, especially if you're going in on a new level is to just, if you go in with very good intentions and very, you know, honest and open intentions, like good things will come from that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so yeah, how about we, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit and how about you just kind of set the stage for us, explain, you know, what this was like, what the environment was like, how they had it set up, just paint the picture of what this was like when you walked into the room. Yeah. So I went to a group seance at a popular metaphysical shop that we go to here led by a medium who teaches classes in their school there, uh, who was phenomenal. He was lovely. Uh, so you, you went in and everybody's, you know, masked and socially distanced because of COVID. So there were, 
specific tables. It was definitely set up different because of the world we're living in than it would have been otherwise. Right? I was actually really curious about that, about how they did a COVID <laughs> seance. Yeah. So he had different images, right? Where they're all around the same table, really close together. And so I was yeah. really curious about that. So they had small little two person tables set up all over this big room, big, well-ventilated room. Everybody was required to wear masks. There was hand sanitizer on every table. And so, you know, we went in and you had, there were different toys, basically, is what the medium was calling them. So different divination tools. There were Ouija boards, there were automatic writing planchettes, there were pendulums, there were um, divining rods. Um, So we had all sorts of little toys just scattered about the room on these different tables. So you just sat at your table and initially, you know, he, the lights were dim, we had candles lit, there was incense lit. And we did kind of a group meditation to start. And that's where it it comes down to like what we missed in our Ouija board experience, right? Is like setting the stage and creating a safe space. So he did specific chanting and ritual um, for quite, you know, quite a few minutes while we were all in this meditation um, for each wall of the room. You know, he closed the circle and sealed the space. Um, you know, we were open and and welcoming to all you know, all energies that were here to, you know, give us a message for the, you know, collective greater good. And so he did, you know, some Norse chanting, uh, because that's his background. And so that was really lovely and interesting just to be a part of and to listen. And it was very powerful, just that, that I don't know if you've ever had somebody or heard somebody do like a Norse chant. Um, But it was, and he is like this big burly man with a very deep baritone. So it was very melodic and like a viking like yeah oh yeah like big gray beard that's such a great image that i have in my mind right now (laughs) he was was very cool um and very nice like just the very kind like welcoming comforting energy um which i was very grateful for i was i will admit i was a little nervous when i realized that a man was leading it just because i I point too when i when i saw the announcement for the seances i didn't think that in my mind, it would be a man that would lead it. So it's really yeah, interesting. I didn't either. So I was glad to have that like judgment, like absolved a little bit, you know, to show up and like check myself and be like, yeah. oh, like this guy knows what he's doing. And so he gave us his own background, you know, and, and, you know, his background since he was a kid in this, you know, spiritualism type stuff, he's been immersed in it his whole life. Um, and then, you know, he explained the tools that we would be using and how to use them, what to expect. Um, Like I was talking about earlier, he was like, you know, like no chairs are going to fly across the room. Like that's not what this is. (laughs) Like this is about, you know, opening your own mind and getting yourself on a different energetic plane to be open to messages that come through and you are the channel. So if you're not an active participant, it's not going to work, which I really appreciated because that's, I mean, that's what everyone says, right? It's like, oh, you moved the planchette. Um, Of course you did, but that doesn't mean that you're not getting messages that are valuable. Right. Um, And so, you know, he lit the incense and then um, he kind of just welcomed spirit into the room. And then immediately he started getting messages. So he just kind of started throwing some stuff out there. You know, he mentioned the name Jerry and a toy boat. And immediately this man up in the front was like, oh, my name's Jerry. And there's actually, you know, a boy who lives in my house who is at the end of, you know, I'll wake up occasionally and see him at the end of my bed with a toy boat. And we talked to him for a while. (laughs) Um, yeah it was very interesting and and he like immediately almost every time he brought someone people were you know reaching out like oh I think that's for me and I was very encouraged to be 
interactive. You know, he goes, every seance I've ever done, there's always this moment where I'm like, oh, there's somebody, you know, here who's, you know, I'm seeing this and they're showing me this image and nobody says anything. Nobody says anything. He's like, all right. So they're just passing through no big deal. Cause that's part of it. Right. Like you open the portal, you're not entirely guaranteed what's coming through or who. Then he goes, inevitably at the end, somebody will always come up to me and be like, oh, so you know that message at the beginning, I thought that was for me. He was like, please be open. You know, this is a very welcoming space. And I was really impressed with how many people did just immediately jump in and be like, oh, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm seeing. And the more people did that, the more comfortable I felt letting go a little bit. And that's when I received a message from my, my biological father's mother. He, ju- he just started describing her, what she looked like, like goes and sh- like strong smell of cigarettes. And as soon as he said that, the whole room to me only smelled of cigarettes. Really? Yeah. And that's when I like, I got crazy chills and I was like, okay, this is legit. And I was like, all right, so I know who this is. I think this one's for me. And we were, and you know, and the message he gave was, and, and it made sense from her. Right. So it was a message about, about mending fences, which, um, and for so the rest of the time, I just sense of confidence when she came through that you're like, yes, I know this was for me. Or was there still like an air of you questioning whether or not it was a message for you? As soon as I smelled the cigarettes, I was like, oh, this is her. Really interesting. It's interesting. Uh, you had a very sensory reaction to almost as like an affirmation. Yeah. Well, and then so then we shifted tables. Then he was like, OK, move tables. And that's when we started playing with things. So before we hadn't really messed with any of the tools, we were all just he was calling out different spirits in the room and seeing who was resonating. And so I went uh, and I went with a different friend of mine and soon to be yours, um, Amber. And we went to a different table up at the front and sat with a Ouija board. And so we started doing the Ouija board and, you know, we asked and, and the smell of cigarettes was still so strong. It's all I could smell. And I'm very allergic to tobacco um, and oh, nicotine. So I didn't affects, know that about you. <laughs> yeah, it affects me really quickly. And so I just got this, I like, I call them cigarette headaches because that's what they are. And I could just walk by somebody in the street and have one all day. Um, and the whole rest of the night, all I could smell was her cigarettes and, We did the Ouija board and, you know, asked if she was there and we got confirmation that, you know, somebody was there. And then Amber asked who, you know, the message was for. And it spelled out my initials, um, my maiden name initials, which is what she would have known me as. And then the messages that just kept coming through were, you know, like mend your fences. It's not worth the like it's not worth holding on to the grudges or the grief. It was it was just it was definitely a mend your fences kind of message, which then, you know, we kind of we kind of tapered off on our communications with her and the woman at the table next to us literally went, who's Amber, who's Amber, like just said it out loud. And we were sitting right next to her and Amber was like, um, I'm Amber. (laughs) And so she started, you know, she was just like, okay, this is just the message that I have for you. And it was really just very eerie and, and cool. Um, and we were kind of just sitting there in that moment. And then the, you know, the medium took over again and he was kind of trying, he wanted us to ask, we came up as a group with like three fairly specific, like broad, but also specific questions that could be, that could be construed for anybody, but also could be for the person asking. And Amber kind of raised her hand and asked a question that had been weighing on her. And immediately two the two people, the same woman who asked who Amber was and the gentleman sitting next to her, they were both kind of automatic writing 
and just wrote down a bunch of stuff that came to them and said, okay, this is what, like, this is just what came to me. And she had such a powerful emotional reaction. And this is not my story to tell. So, but it was like, the, it was the most beautiful thing. Like I started crying. <laughs> like, really? Um, and it was, it was exactly the message that, and her and I had kind of talked about it a little bit before. So I had more context than the rest of the room, but it was, it was incredible just how, how strong and immediate that reaction was and how little control she had over her reaction. You know, like it was just, that was the message and it was meant for her. And it was just a really, uh, it was really beautiful and interesting to just be a part of and get to witness um, because she definitely came into it the same way, right? Like I last minute invited her with the extra ticket of yours that you weren't able to use. And so she came into it too, of just like, I'm going to hang out with my new friend tonight. It's like, we have no expectations of this, no real idea what's going to happen I would say it was probably a life-changing experience for both of us well Um, and that's what I think that's what makes it so much more beautiful too and when I heard about that because you know both of us were very bummed that I couldn't go and I think more for you because you knew that this was something I've been wanting to do for so long and the opportunity presented itself but I I don't know how I feel about things like fate or anything like that but I, I also don't necessarily believe in things just being coincidence all the time. Sometimes yeah. I really believe that things were meant to happen as they did for a very specific reason. And I think this is one of those times and how interesting, you know, that you met a friend like Amber who is willing. I mean, you guys haven't known each other that long, maybe a month or two. No, we joked that it was a very weird third friend right. to go on. We were like, we've literally hung out in person twice. And then I invited her to a seance. Yeah. So it's just super funny that she was willing to go to that. And then for her to have such a profound experience brought me just so much joy um, to know that we had provided that space for her to have that happen. And that's just really, that's really beautiful. And you, I don't think you can chalk that up to a coincidence. Yeah, I don't either. And then, you know, there was a lot of come down, you know, there was a lot of, you know, closing the portal and we did more, uh, you know, more meditation, more, you know, and, and just a lot of gratitude for everyone who showed up, everyone who spoke to us, all of all of that. And many people got different messages that night uh, and from different people. And it was just so it was a really interesting community building experience, too. Like I followed half of the people on Instagram who were there last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just yeah, it was just a very profound and interesting experience and absolutely nothing like what I expected it to be. And it was, oh, and this is where I wanted to kind of bring you back into it. I had mentioned this when we were just talking earlier. You and I went on a ghost tour. Um, yes, yes. Was that, that might've been the last time we saw each other. We went on a ghost tour in like February, didn't we? Yes, that's, that is correct. Um, so it's kind of before everything <laughs> happened. Um, and I was trying to remember on that tour, like what kind of, like, space setting or intention setting was actually done. And I was saying to you, I I think I remember there being some sort of little prayer, but it didn't feel less so from the people who were leading the group. But when you're doing a group tour of any kind, right, you're, it's luck of the draw who you end up with. So there were definitely people who were there to like poke fun and think it was silly and whatever. And then there were people who were just, you know, casually skeptical. And then you had people who were really treating it with a lot of reverence. Right. Um, but I think that wide range of people, like that affects the energy that you're dealing with too. And, you know, we're going on this historic tour and they're telling all of these old stories and, 
and it was fascinating and totally interesting. But I remember the last stop on that tour when we went into the basement of the ice cream shop, which is the old morgue of Fort Collins. Yes. And it's really interesting at this ice cream shop too, because there's actually a sign when you walk in, like it's known for being so haunted that when you walk in, it says, you know, we're not held liable for any kind of supernatural things that happen to you while you're in this establishment. Yeah. And so we went in the basement and it's all dark and you and I immediately were like, this is bad. Like Mm -hmm. there's not like there are unfriendly things here. And there may be friendly things there too, but we both felt that like just visceral, I am very uncomfortable. This is not safe kind of feeling. And we like, I mean, we were like gripping each other's forearms in that whole space. And then when they finally were like, hey, this is the end of the tour. We were like, cool, we are fucking out of here. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like this was a little, like, this was like a scary ending to this. And I, I chalk it mostly up to that that preparation of, you know, and that reverence of setting your space and inviting specific types of energy in, you know, you're not wanting to be messed with. You're not, you know, nobody's going into that, trying to bring up some, you know, something that wants to harm anybody. Um, right. And what I actually loved about the, the seance last night is he said, you know, that if you're fearful, if you're ever feeling that like uncomfortable, that like heart racing, but in a bad way kind of thing, he's, he was like, laugh, like just laugh out loud that that laughter is confusing to entities that are out to create harm because those typically aren't people or weren't people, you know? You know, what's so funny about that is how many times have our parents as young kids, when you start experiencing like your first bully, right? When somebody's teasing you on the playground and your parents or your teacher always told you to just laugh it off. And yeah. how that is so disarming for bullies. So it's really interesting that that same totally. rule applies in the spirit world. <laughs> yeah. And like spirits can be bullies too. He's like, shit, we'll try to mess with you. He's like, don't let it. You know, I mean, I would, if I was a spirit, I would totally be messing with people left and right. Let's be right? honest. I know. So he's like, you know, approach this with levity, approach it with joy and compassion. And that's what you're going to get out of it. You know, it's, and that's with anything in life, right? Like you're going to, to an extent, you're getting what you're bringing to the table back. So yeah you know, setting your intentions and setting your stage is really important. And I really appreciated that um, because I felt like that was what was missing from our ghost tour, where we got a lot of really interesting history and cool stories. But then we were going into these spaces that are definitely inhabited by beings who are not here. And a lot of them are, you know, exploited by this type of thing or, you know, are struggling to move on. And it's, um, it's just a really interesting kind of empathy to feel if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so funny because um, we we have a ask us anything kind of going around on Instagram right now. And one of the questions we got was, how do you discern good versus evil in the spirit world? And I think we're touching on that right now where, you know, I'm not an expert in this by any means, but I do think there's something to say about your intuition and how you feel that energetic connection with the spirit world. And that if there is something that is malicious or malignant, um, you'll know, you'll you know, know. It'll, it'll come to you. And that's something that I think sets us apart. You know, if you think about what makes us human, cause we're all animals, right. But what, ma- what makes us human versus the rest of the, the animal kingdom per se. And I think it's because we have such a profound sense of intuition and it like, I guess an intelligence type of intuition versus, you know, a typical like fight or flight type thing. Yeah. Um, we have that desire we, we, we to understand, that, right. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's so true. Uh, and is, 
it's it's yeah it's it's a pretty and you're right it's pretty cut and dry like you'll know it's the same way you know with people right or you can use dogs as a good example like right like trust your gut feeling because your gut feeling is almost always right mm-hmm. like 98 percent of the time your gut feeling and like gut feelings and first impressions are completely different things right like Absolutely. your physical or your visceral physical reaction I was trying to combine those Visical. Uh, I like that. Visical. <laughs> Hashtag visical squad. <laughs> it's like, that's what you need to trust there. So, and you know, you'll be able to define it. It will be very easy because spirits who want to fuck with you are going to fuck with you. Oh yeah. Um, and that's going to be very apparent. So I think that, you know, the important answer that, to that question is, you know, trust your gut, but also set your stage appropriately and do your research and know, like I would not I've been to one seance now, right? I would not host my own by any means. <laughs> yeah, you're not certified as a medium. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I've not been doing this for 20 years. I have absolutely no authority here. And I and I don't trust that I would be able to safely call in the right things, you know, or or seal off what isn't welcome. So I think, you know, deferring to the experts and trusting your judgment is really the best answer I can give to that question. Yeah. Um, speaking of questions though, do we have any other questions from listeners that we want to answer today? Or do you have any other questions about seance before we wrap that up? Um, I don't know if there's any other questions. We want to continue to answer, um, I guess our questions on Instagram from folks who are supporting us, um, throughout this whole thing. I think that was the one that was most relevant to this episode, but one thing I want to ask to kind of wrap this up is, if there was one thing that you could kind of take away from this experience and what made it so kind of life-changing for you, what do you think that would be? I think my real lesson and, and kind of has been the lesson that I'm repeatedly learning, particularly this year. Um, and just in general is to not let my fear drive the bus, um, which is to say, you know, it's, it's important to do things outside of your comfort zone. Absolutely. It's also important to make sure you're supported in those areas and that you have a good, you know, system should things go wrong. But I think that's just letting go of that fear of what if and being just open and present to the moment that you are in is kind of my main message was to just, you know, let go so much about the what ifs or the whys or the hows and just be and accept where you are right now and accept the messages that are coming through and just like, don't try to question, like sometimes questioning is not the answer. You know, sometimes you just need to, to trust that, you know, you're, you're in the right space and with the right people and you're in a, you know, you're able to accept those messages for what they are. So I think, yeah, just kind of letting go of that fear, stepping out of your comfort zone was kind of my main takeaway just that, you know, leaving expectation behind a little bit, because I think that's what made my experience profound. I think that's what made my experience open to actually receiving a message was going in being like, well, you know, other people probably do things. And I'm really curious about what happens tonight, but I have no real motive for my end goal here. And I think that's what helped keep it really open and really interesting. And that's such a, that's such a vulnerable place to put yourself, right? To be able to fully let go of attachment like that. It's very vulnerable, but it's also very powerful. 
And I just have to say, it was so funny as you're answering that question. My scat, my cat just absolutely scared the shit out of me. Because <laughs> he started scratching on the other side of the door, like Johnny and here shine in, in the shining. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that that's a great segue into our perwitching slip for the end of this episode in that, you know, you should never be, this is your perwitching slip to know that you should never be afraid to try something new, even if it is scary. But when we say, you know, we we really want you to do your research ahead of time. Um, we always encourage, you know, taking the leap, but we want you to do it in a way that's safe and um, secure at the same time. So don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone, but um, do it in a way that is smart, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like take a buddy, right? Because I, take a was, buddy. <laughs> I was gonna go alone originally. And then was like, no, I have somebody who would be interested in this that we can invite. And I think her presence and your presence would have done the same thing. Having mm-hmm. a friend there, having somebody who you always feel very comfortable and vulnerable around is also very helpful. Because you know, when Amber was receiving her messages, like I was able to hold her hand and be there for her. Right. Um, And I think that is a really important part of it, too, especially if you are fearful is to, okay, well, bring somebody who doesn't make you feel afraid, bring somebody who makes you feel empowered and just watch what happens. So it's okay to ask for help. That's the other perwitchin slip. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. (laughs) I was kind of muted because I had to kick my dog out. So give me one second. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. This is the real world, people. Podcasting from home. I've got a cat laying on the tarot cards right now. (laughs) It just, it is what it is. And nothing is perfect. So, you know, like abandon your fear and dive off that cliff. Except not literally. (laughs) We do not condone cliff diving, but we do condone risk taking. Yeah. And if there's anything that we can get out of this, it's like hashtag seance squad. Always have your Well, and so he's going to start doing them regularly. So there will be a follow-up seance episode where you can go and experience your own. And I think we'll probably make going a fairly regular practice because I think it's, um, it's a really beautiful thing to find that connection and to, to erase some of that fear and to acknowledge that like, you know, energy is, is always being recycled and exchanged and it's okay if it's coming to you in kind of a slightly odd format. Yeah. That's, uh, that's so interesting. And yes, in, in the future episodes too, we're going to, we're going to revisit our Ouija board experience because I guess this is the first time you've used one since that time in high school, right? Yeah. And to be fair, it's because I had a lot of fear. Like we connected with somebody that night and that freaked Mm -hmm. me out for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I wasn't fully you know, we weren't quite in the craft or on the path the way that we are now. And so, you know, I kind of bottled that all up as this was, you know, this was the experience I had and I don't need to have one again. And, um, and this second experience was, it was completely different, but equally as, as affirming and life-changing. And I just think it's, um, it's a good reminder that a lot of times things are a lot scarier in your head than they are in real life. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of speaking that fear out loud releases a lot of the power it has over you. Yeah. I I don't think we can say much more than that. I think that's cheers to that and cheers here's to that. Future, here's to future experiences with the other side. Yes. 
All right. We love you all. Thank you for listening again and cheers. Hope you enjoy your margarita on the other side and uh, we'll get spooky again here in the future. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm e algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers. <laughs>